Welcome to another week's episode of Encounter with God Together, our weekly video and audio podcast where we review the week ahead in our Encounter with God daily Bible reading guide. I have with me as a guest today a familiar face uh, to many of you at Scripture Union, Whitney Cunningham, our President Emeritus. Whitney, it's good to have you back again. It's great to be back, Gail. I always enjoy this. I do too, and I'm looking forward to hearing um, hearing you unpack First Samuel this week. Um, it's uh, it's it's rich with a lot of a lot of practical things for us, and uh, you know, just just an amazing story of of uh, of something. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Great. We've, yeah. got, uh, we've got Saul and David, and kind of the interaction between the two of them, and there's a whole lot to learn. You're really right. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Can I pray for you as you get started? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Father, I do uh, I do pray for Whitney. I thank you for him. I thank you for his um his faithfulness to your word, his um his reflections and his deep study that have enabled many uh through his series to encounter you in uh in your word. And I pray that you will use him today to um to speak to those who are reading this week and who are just tuning in. Um, as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, I should mention, as I prayed, that, that Whitney has uh, written for Scripture Union uh, three different Bible reflections, the E100, which goes through the, the 50 Old Testament and 50 New Testament uh, verses that, that kind of cover the sweeping story of God and give you an, an idea and an opportunity to, to go through all of Scripture uh, with with the highlight reel, and uh, you've done the same for Jesus, and then um, the essential question: How would you describe that one, Whitney? Well, it come it goes through the Book of Acts, but the key question is, Lord, what would you have me do? The question that Paul asks on the Damascus Road, and I go from that to to widen it to us as believers. What you know? How can we make a difference with our life, Lord? What would you have me do today? Yeah, that's great. So if any of those interest you, you can you can surely look at look at look for them on our website. Um, so let's get back to Samuel. Uh, Whitney, looking forward to hearing what God has given you today. Yeah, well, it's great to be with you, Gail, and also with our Encounter with God community. Um, I always in, I always enjoy it, and I love to look into God's Word together, but also look into it through the lens of how can we meet God in the context of this scripture. That's that's the real secret to, I think, the Encounter with God community. Um, and that's what we're going to do this week ahead in uh, 1 Samuel uh, 19 to 23 is where we're going. And Gail, what I thought I could do just to help us as a, as a Encounter with God community is I thought I would raise four questions. So we're all going to go through the actual readings, and we're going to go through the verses, and we're going to meditate on that but uh, maybe what I can do is offer four overarching questions um, that are thematic and that can uh, enhance our reading and our reflection on this this week. So that's what I thought I'd do um, this morning. Yeah, that sounds great. That sounds okay. great. Okay. Well, uh, so as, as we know, we started uh, last week in 1 Samuel, and it is the, the um, you know, we're, we're tracking with, Israel's first two kings, Saul and David. And there's a whole lot of airtime that the Bible gives. So there's a whole lot for us to learn. And uh, the first question that I, I think is worth thinking about is, what do we learn about leadership? 
Mm. When, we read, when we think about these first two leaders, kings of um, Israel, Saul and David, what do we learn about leadership? Now, you mentioned, Gail, that I have written that series of books on, uh, you know, the essential series. And I don't know if I've told you this, and this, this is really something I've been pondering. I have another variation that I've been thinking about, essential Christian leadership. Essential oh, no, you didn't tell me that. I've been thinking about a study on that, and I've been thinking of writing it on First uh, and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. Wow. And the reason why is it's a whole laundry list of leaders. And what's really interesting, it's leaders who do uh, what's right in the eyes of the Lord and leaders who do what's evil in the eyes of the Lord. And I think there's something to be learned about uh, Christian leadership or spiritual leadership from looking at uh, both sides of the coin. So maybe someday I'll have the time to write <laughs> leadership. And, and But I love I love reading through the history of the kings because of that. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the things we learn, I think, about leadership, though, just as a, a many, many things, but one thing that I think we'll see this week ahead is um, being faithful in leadership as a spiritual leader, whether you're a, a leader of a whole organization or a church or just a Sunday school, or we're all leaders in some sense because we influence people around us. So, uh, but one of the things I've noticed is that sometimes when we, as leaders, as Christian leaders, we're trying to follow God's will, and then things get worse. Mm. And that's what we see with David. I mean, he's really uh, trying to be faithful. He also has this promise that one of his descendants will be on the throne. So God has given him this incredible promise. And now look what's happened. Yeah. <laughs> he loses his place of prominence. He's on the run. You know, he's a he's a refugee running all around. He used to be the big king, you know, that everybody celebrated. And now he's just discredited and and humiliated and, and on the run for his life. Mm. So it's interesting to think about that kind of experience as leaders. And it's not the only time it happens in the Bible. So, for example, if you think back to Moses, uh, you know, a, a leadership, another lead, essential leadership um, case study. Remember, Moses has the burning bush and then God tells him, now go to Pharaoh and say this. So he does. He has this incredible encounter with God and then he's directed by God to go do this. And then things get worse. Uh, that Remember, then it's like uh, more bricks, less straw. And, and the people start to say, now look what happened. Now look what you got us into. And, and you could well imagine David, Moses, uh, leaders throughout the Bible saying, you know, God, I was faithful. I did what you said. And, and it all came apart. Mm. And what I think we learned from that is that an essential leadership quality for spiritual leaders um, is desperate dependence. Desperate dependence. Mm. And what I've found in my own life and my own walk is it takes that moment of, oh, no, now look what happened to force me to turn to God with desperation, with fervency. And so I think underneath this, what we see in this uh, essential leadership study that we're watching uh, these two uh, biblical characters is this notion of desperate dependence. 
Mm. Saul detached from it. Yes. David leaned into it. And that made all the difference. So keep that in mind. Let's keep that in mind as we go through this week. There's a second question um, that I that I, I think we should ponder. And that is, how should we respond when life is unfair? How should we respond when life is unfair? And that's really what we see um, is sort of, if you look at it from a personal level, uh, that's what David is feeling. Uh, so Gail, if I could ask you to read a verse for us that kind of captures this sense of like, you know, David's feeling things are unfair. It's in uh, chapter 20, verse one. Do you mind reading that for us? No, no, of course. Let me just flip back here to 20, verse one. <clears throat> then David fled from Namoth at Ramah and went to Jonathan and asked, what have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he's trying to kill me? Right. So you can just you can just hear the heart cry in that. You know, Dave, you know, he's on the run, all these different things. You know, Saul, the most powerful uh, leader, you know, in Israel, throwing spears at him, trying to kill him, chasing him down. And David is saying, why me? You know, why always me? You know, to his friend Jonathan, which is another uh, interesting sort of sidebar leadership uh, um study that we have in this that you, we can look at this week, the notion of a strategic friendship between David and Jonathan. So we won't go there now, but anyways, it's something to think about. But, you know, what do you do when life is unfair? And mm. um, this is why I think people love the Psalms so much. Because when David writes in the Psalms, it has the heartbeat of this, what you just read, Gail, in, uh, in, in chapter 20. Why me? Why is all this stuff happening to me, God? And that's what gives the Psalms energy. Mm. That's why we love them so much. Because it's not David saying these lofty theological things. It's, right. this, it's this leader in crisis calling out to God. And, th and that's, that's what we do when life is unfair. We call out to God. And a way we can apply that, and, and a way that I apply that in my own life, is journaling. So, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a regular journalist. Here's, here's one of my little journals here that I write in all the time. You know, I keep just oh, that's impressive. my thoughts to God and say, Lord, why? Or God, I'm happy. Or God, just the unscripted, uh, unfiltered cry to God is uh, the best way or one of the best ways to respond when life is unfair. So that's the second thing we can take away from this or think about this week. Um, a third question I think is interesting in these uh, verses is, what do we learn about guidance? What do we learn about guidance? Now, David's on the run and he really wants to know, God, are you still with me? You know, I got this big promise from you, but now look at all this stuff. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to go left? Am I supposed to go right? And Gail, if I could ask you to uh, read another verse in uh, chapter 23, verse 4. Mm -hmm. I think uh, it hits on a really big theme that we're going to see this week. Once again, David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him, Go down to Calah, for I am going to give the Philistines into your hand. Right. So he inquired of the Lord, and the Lord gives him this direct answer. I'm going to give the Philistines into your hand. 
Mm-hmm. And I know what we're going to think or what as a, an encounter with God community, what we'll think when we read that. And there's several uh, references to David inquiring of the Lord and getting a direct answer. And what you're going to think is, wait, how exactly did that happen? And couldn't I get that? Couldn't I get a yes or a no from God? That would be really convenient. So it raises the issue of how do we get guidance from God? Now, just a little historical thing. Um, If you look in uh, verse uh, six of that same chapter, and we won't read it, but it refers to the ephod. It's It's a priestly garment. And the ephod had the breastplate. And in the breastplate was these uh, two little uh, stones or dice, you could call them, um, the uh, Urim and the Tumen. And those were uh, the thing in the Old Testament that they used for um, getting decisions, to determining God's will. It's kind of like they would cast lots to determine yes or no. And so scholars wow. feel that because the reference in verse 6 to the breastplate that when David was inquiring of the Lord, that's what he was doing. He was casting lots, sort of the priestly way of casting lots and getting God's guidance. And there's a New Testament reference even to this in Acts. So you remember when they were trying to replace uh, Judas, and it says uh, they cast lots, and uh, the lot went to uh, Matthias. Um, But what's interesting is after the pouring out of the Spirit, this um practice of casting lots seems to have disappeared so in the old testament it was something that was part of the priestly process but in the new testament after the pouring out of the spirit we look for the spirit's guidance and so how does the spirit guide us well it happens in a lot of ways prayer scripture circumstance common sense the still small voice and sometimes there's even dramatic interventions that God has in our lives, but it's all ways that the Spirit guides us today. Mm. So that's another thing to think about. When we when we read these verses, it's like, well, okay, how did God guide? Well, we know sort of how they approached it then, but how does, what's your experience of God's guidance in this time of the Spirit's pouring out in the church, in the life of the church? I think two things we can take away from that, and that is not seeking God's guidance is a problem. So whether you're looking at it through Old Testament lens or New Testament lens, not seeking God's guidance is a mistake. And the flip side is, therefore, we just need to be attentive to the Spirit. We need to be looking for God's guiding, leading, directing in everything we do. Mm. Let's think about God's guidance this week. And there's one last thing, one last question, Gail, that I want to have us think about. And it is, what could Saul have done differently? What could Saul have done differently? And, you know, I think this is a great way to think about, I'm going to call it the bad guys in the Bible. (laughs) There's bad guys in the Bible. And sometimes we think of the bad guys as, oh, they're bad. You know, Pharaoh, bad. The, the, the evil kings in Samuel and, and Kings, those that did what was evil in the eyes of them, they're just bad. Or Herod, or even Samson. Remember, he was a, he was a, 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 a good guy. He became a g- bad guy. And then at the very end of his life, he became a good guy. But 
I like to think when I read about the bad guys in the Bible, and you know, they're mostly guys, let's just say, but bad guys in the Bible, uh, what would it, what could a change, what would that have looked like in their life? And I think it's instructive to imagine that because um, people can change. Mm. And, and so let me tell you how I, well, first of all, just any, you know, body that crashes in the Bible, a bad guy in the Bible, think about what would it have taken for them to turn? Um, and that's instructive to us, but I apply that even today. So, you know, we're in a, in a day and age in the world today where there are bad players <laughs> on the world stage. And I'm not talking about people who, you know, look at politics different than you. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about on the world stage, there are, are players that are genuinely, you know, evil or bad, doing terrible things. You could think of many examples. And what I've started praying is, Lord, either change that person, change their heart, or remove them. Mm. Change or remove. And the reason is because as believers, we have to believe that God can change hearts. Yes. He changed the, the heart of the Apostle Paul, who at the beginning of Acts chapter 9 was breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's people. And by the end of chapter 9, he's uh, persuasively arguing for the resurrection. A dramatic change in less than one chapter. Well, if he could change the Apostle Paul's heart, if he could change my heart, if he could change your heart, well, we have to believe that he could change anyone's heart. Mm. How I've been praying about some of the bad actors on the world stage today is, Lord, change their hearts. I believe you can. And that would make a difference. That would change the course of history. But mm. if that doesn't happen, Lord, please remove them because uh, vulnerable people are are being victimized. And mm. so change or remove is a way to apply this question, what could Saul have done differently? Yeah. Anyway, Gail, so those are four questions that we can think of, think about as an Encounter with God community um, this week. And uh, also the main thing is, Lord, what are you saying to me? How How am I encountering you in this passage? How am I experiencing you in the real life experience mm. I'm, I'm going through. So hopefully that'll help us. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a very useful grid for me to, to think about things too. So I hope, I hope for our viewers and listeners, uh, you'll take that to heart. Excellent. Thank you. Once again, Whitney, would you close us in prayer for the week? Sure. Let's pray. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, I thank you for um, your word. I thank you for how it instructs us. I thank you, Lord, that when we bring our real life experience into the context of your word, you guide us, you meet us, you direct us. Lord, I pray for all of us listening or watching now that you would help us in this week ahead to meet you and hear what you have to say to us through these um, chapters of scripture. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you once again for, for being part of this episode. And for those of you who, um, who aren't already um, Bible readers, uh, Bible God readers, this is our encounter with God. And um, trying to remove, there we go. 
This is our Encounter with God daily Bible reading guide that you can order on our website uh, through a membership. You can subscribe to it to come into your email, or you can actually read it directly each day online. So we hope you'll join us if you're not already reading these readings, and this would be a great uh, week to jump in with, uh, with Saul and Samuel and David. And uh, again, uh, the books that I mentioned uh, today, uh, you can also find on that site. And uh, I am looking forward to you getting some time, Whitney, to write that other uh, essential book. Yeah, I'd love to do it. So that'll be great. Well, everyone, have a wonderful week. Uh, thank you for, for listening. And, um, and Whitney, I hope you have a great week, too. You too, Gail. Okay, bye for now. Bye-bye.